Advent, gloriously ordinary, the Christmas story unwrapped over 25 days. Well, welcome once again, folks, to day three. We fully are in flight in our Advent podcast series. The title today, which I've given our five minutes together, is More Skeletons in the Cupboard. Interested? Well, yesterday we highlighted the unusual and frankly quite shocking circumstances around Mary's pregnancy. Now, when nativity plays around the world are scripted, these unsavory undertones and the themes usually end up on the cutting room floor and never make it into the final production. The biblical authors, however, are far less prudish and not prone to sweeping politically incorrect incidents under the proverbial carpet. So today we turn to a passage found in Matthew's Gospel, which to the modern reader, at first sight at least, appears to be a complete waste of paper, and certainly most readers would be tempted to skip over and reach the action parts of the story. But bear with me as we turn to chapter 1 of Matthew's Gospel, where the first 17 verses continue like this. Now this is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah, and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Amminadab, Amminadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Solomon, Solomon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed the father of Jesse, Jesse the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. I'll stop there as the list of names goes on for another ten verses. But you get the picture, don't you? A super long list of names in which you hardly recognize any person. Now, Matthew wrote his gospel mainly with his fellow Jewish compatriots in mind. And the Jewish nation was known for the high value they placed on an honorable lineage or bloodline. Well, here we have Jesus' genealogy, and guess what? There's more scandal lurking. Firstly, ancient Jewish culture, women were viewed perhaps as gender outsiders, and in such patriarchal societies, women generally would seldom get a look in. But here in Matthew's list, we find the names of five women, including some who begged the question, Matthew, what were you thinking? as most of the women were Gentiles, and the inclusion takes the reader to some of the most sordid and immoral incidents in the Bible. Have I perked your interest? I hope so. Let's look at some of these ladies and their stories, as will help us to see an important truth about how God goes about setting the mess in our world right. Let's begin with Tamar. The full story is found in Genesis chapter 38. And even if you're not a regular Bible reader, I'd recommend you go and read the story. Genesis, first book in the Bible, so it won't take you long to find it, and I guarantee you won't put the story down until you finish it. But briefly, Tamar was married to Judah's son Ur, who died before they had any children. Judah, her father-in-law, mistreated her badly. Tamar, to get back at him, disguised herself as a prostitute and slept with her father-in-law. She fell pregnant. And guess what? The sons form part of Jesus' CV. You 
can also read the story of Rahab in the second chapter of the book of Joshua. It too makes for some really entertaining reading, as she too was a prostitute who hid some Jewish spies in her house. For her help, she avoided being killed when the city of Jericho was overrun by the Israelite army. She also ends up in Jesus' CV as the great-grandmother of King David. Now, I ask myself the question, why include these women in Jesus' resume, especially in the light of what angel Gabriel told Mary? Your son, Jesus, is going to sit on the throne of David. He will be a king that will reign over an everlasting kingdom. Now, here's the rub. Kings and emperors generally edit their resumes to include only the best parts, and yet none of the biblical authors shrink back from exposing the dysfunctional nature of Jesus' family tree. Why not pull out the editing scissors and clean things up? Here's the reason. Matthew has shown us that people who are excluded by culture, who sit on the fringes of what we would call decent society, in fact, anyone can be brought into Jesus' family. Forget your pedigree. Forget how you've messed up, how dysfunctional your own personal story is, how full of immorality and sin. It is not the good people who crack the nod into the inner circle while the bad folk are excluded. No, no. Everyone gets invited into the wonder of the Christmas story and that only by the grace of Jesus. Dual Gentile, all ethnicities, all lost, but all equally accepted and loved. That is what lies at the heart of our Christmas story, that we all in his family. In conclusion, as we read in Hebrews chapter 2, so Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters.